0: Hi, I'm Darren Wright,
1: and I'm Tim Beadle.
0: Welcome to Disciple Making. Hey! Welcome back to Disciple Making. I'm Darren Wright here with Tim Beadle, and Tim is on fire today. He's got something he wants to talk about. And uh, I'm just going to let them loose. And Tim, what has been, what has been challenging you, convicting you, stirring you? That we're going to talk about today.
1: Well, you know, Darren, at the church where I'm on the pastoral staff, we have a preaching calendar, and uh, I'm not preaching for a few more weeks. But I, I started really praying over the uh, the passage in uh, Matthew chapter seven. Um, and it's a troubling it's, it's it's a troubling passage because you end up saying jesus are you really serious about what you're saying here mm. you know uh the the whole sermon on the mount is is all about uh jesus said you know you've heard it say but i tell you this and he sort of takes the the common understanding and maybe uh the common understanding is now more of a status quo mentality in uh, the church of his day and in ours as well but, but he seems to ask questions or say statements that really get your attention. And uh, so he got my attention, you know, in Matthew 7, when it talks about the narrow and the wide gates. Mm. And it says, uh, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many will enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Now, of mm. course, he's talking about the kingdom and things like that. But... Uh, a couple of years ago, I went out for lunch with my brother, and yeah, uh, you know, we we talk about ministry and faith, and and he says, "Tim, yeah, you know, the the only thing that really bothers me is, do you ever think that there's going to be more people in hell than there are in heaven?"
0: Hmm.
1: And I had never thought about that before. And uh, perhaps let, let me ask that question to our listeners today: uh, When the Lord returns, and you know the, the the sheep and the goats are divided, and all the rest of it. Are there going to be more people in heaven or hell? Because based on what I see in society and around the world, uh, I'd never thought about that. And that just broke my heart. If there would be more people in hell, not that God sends them there, but that people have rejected his love and, and choose a Christless eternity. So I'm not talking about God as judge. I'm talking about the decisions people make that leads them to an outcome that is not going to have Jesus involved. And, um, and, and of course, you know, we're talking about disciple making and disciple making starts with an evangelistic burden on our hearts mm-hmm. you know, to follow what Jesus commanded in Matthew 28 uh, to go into the world and make disciples and baptize them and teach them to obey. And, you know, the, the only command in that uh, sentence is make disciples. Mm-hmm. And so I got to thinking, so I started uh, wedding these two thoughts together. There could be more people in hell than in heaven, and Jesus has commanded us to go into the world, the entire world, and make disciples and make disciples. So, so I, I was sort of asking: So, what happens to the person who knows this stuff? And by listening now, you know this stuff, and you wouldn't be listening if you didn't know this stuff. But what happens if we disobey and do not follow the command of Jesus, the expressed will? of Jesus, who reflects the will of his Father. And that's what the Spirit is all about in these days in our life, to to transform us into the image, the one Jesus of, of whom we are called to imitate and to be like him. Like, what happens? Mm. <laughs> what happens to the one who just simply continues to ignore uh, this command of Jesus? Uh, Dallas Willard, uh, some of you will have read a lot of his stuff, Um I was reading some of his stuff, and he said this. It's almost universally conceded today that you can be a Christian without being a disciple. That has placed a tremendous burden on a mass of Christians who are not disciples because we tell them to come to church, to participate in our programs and give money, but we see a church that knows nothing of the commitment of discipleship and disciple-making. Hmm. He says we need to clarify what Discipleship is my definition. This is, uh, Dallas Willard's definition. A disciple is a person who has decided that the most important thing in their life, the most important is to learn how to do what Jesus said to do. Now, now, last week we said that we're not human doings, we're human beings. And so we have to be in relationship. Mm-hmm. But after we, uh, are in that relationship, we have to start doing the thing that Jesus that we said we should do. So a disciple is not a person who has things under control or knows a lot of things. uh, Willard says disciples simply are people who are constantly revising their affairs to carry through on their decisions to follow Jesus. I I love that uh, definition because it's, it's got some teeth. And, uh, I think in my heart, Jesus asked a lot of questions of a lot of people. Uh, and it was to take them places in their understanding that they hadn't been. Uh, you know, for the last 15 years, I, I've been a, a church coach. And when I was trained professionally to be a coach, a coach is one who asks good questions. And I know I've asked a good question when someone says, after I've asked a question, they, they say, they pause, they don't answer. They say, that's a good question. And what they're saying when they say, that's a good question. It means that by my, by, by my question, I've taken them to the extremities of where they have thought before and rather than just give a sort of a tart uh, parrot answer they actually have to think for a second uh before they respond and jesus asks a lot of questions about that he asks a lot of rhetorical questions where the outcome and the answer seem to be obvious uh but he asked them to plant a seed to put a little wedge and nudge that he wanted then to work on later by the Holy Spirit. I really believe that. So, so I'm going to throw it back at you, Darren, because uh, we, we, sure. you know, we don't rehearse these things. <laughs> so, uh, so what, what's your understanding? So if Jesus has obviously invited people to follow him and follow means to imitate and do the things that he did. And we talked a few, uh, podcasts ago but you know, Simon said, do this. So you do it. Uh, and Francis Chan, uh, had a humorous, uh, discussion on that, you know. Uh, When you play Simon Said, uh, you know, you just do it because Simon says do it, so you do it. And when Jesus said to to make disciples, to follow him and and then go and make disciples, um, uh, Francis said, you know, uh, it didn't mean to have a Bible study about what Jesus said Hmm. or or to have a board meeting. It just means to literally obey what Jesus said. And, And then when he goes from the invitation to the command, go and make disciples with all authority in heaven and earth. And with his presence, eternal presence with us, what happens to people if they don't obey, Darren? <laughs>
0: hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, I've been jotting down thoughts and notes here as you've been going on there, Tim. I thought of several scriptures. And in fact, I mean, it was scripture, reading scripture, that really jarred this thought for you and got you thinking about it. And scripture really does, if we're understanding scripture, I think it challenges us. Yeah, it you does. know. Uh, I think one person said it's not the parts I do understand. Don't understand the bottom. It's the parts I do understand, and you know it's it's pretty clear that Jesus, in calling us to make disciples, that you know part of that is teaching people to obey what he's commanded. Which means that if you're a disciple, you're obeying what he's commanded. Right. And so, you know, we can get really dive deeper theologically and ask about salvation issues. You know, if, if a person is a Christian but isn't obeying Jesus, are they saved? Uh, You know, well, unfortunately, fortunately, it's up to God to decide that, not me. Because, but we do know that faith leads to action. That you know, the assumption in scripture is that if you believe something, it makes a difference. And, uh, but we also have passages that talks about building a right foundation with the right materials. And you know, there's a possibility of building with wood, hay, and stubble, and it gets tested, and nothing's left, and you're saved. But you know, as one passing through fire. And I wonder if that might be an accurate description of a Christian who isn't a disciple or disciple
1: maker. Yeah, and, and we don't want to come on too strong. We don't have a hammer in our hands as we're doing this podcast, but just just following that that passage about the narrow and the wide gates. You know, most people will think immediately, well, um, you know, th- th- those who aren't saved and those who are. But but Jesus. In the in the parable in in this passage, the Sermon on the Mount was actually challenging the status the religious status quo of that day, and and following that uh, uh, directive about well, like I said before, like Yogi Berra said, you know, when you come to the fork in the road, take it. Like mm-hmm. like we have to decide which road we're going to take. But but just a, a couple verses down the page, it says this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? And and the next sentence, Darren, I think is the scariest one in the Bible. Hmm. It says, then Jesus, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. I never knew you. Like Like, what do you mean? You never knew me, Jesus. I was doing all these things in your name. But they're missing the point. Hmm. They're missing the point that they never really knew him. And that word, no, it's an intimate relationship with him. It starts again at the human being part rather than the doing, because they were trying to impress Jesus with all this stuff that they were doing. And Jesus says, uh, well, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, you know, if you don't have love, you're just like a clanging cymbal, right? Yeah, and well,
0: so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, the Sermon on the Mount really addresses heart issues. You know, he said, you've heard it, it was said, and he talks about some physical action, but I say to you, and he goes to the heart heart level. And I think, you know, as the Sermon on the Mount wraps up, and he says those words you just quoted, he's basically talking about heart level change, that people can do all kinds of superficial Christian-y, church-y activities without truly obeying, without experiencing heart change as well. You know, and and for me, the Sermon on the Mount was a very significant passage, just the first passage I ever memorized in a block okay. quite a few years ago. And I remember going through it. And when you memorize a passage and you spend so much time in it, it yeah. starts to work you over. Yeah. And this whole, I mean, this is maybe funny in a in an embarrassing kind of way. I was working my way through the Sermon on the Mount, chapter five, hey, I got this. Chapter six, yeah. hey, I got this. I was I was feeling pretty good about myself as I memorized. And then I got to chapter seven, do not judge or you'll be judged. Yeah. For the right. same way you judge others, you'll be judged. And I realized that, you know what? I, I developed a critical spirit. I developed a great way of evaluating others and not evaluating myself. And that's where I realized it's about the heart level stuff. Yeah. where the Lord needs to do work. And he's calling us to a deeper obedience, I think, than maybe we even call each other to sometimes.
1: Yeah, and I think, um, hey, th- thanks for being open and transparent. First of all, um, in terms of this whole area of disciple-making, when we talk about if we fail to obey a command, Jesus isn't interested in what we're doing. It, it's more the heart issue, as you said. If we're not obeying a command, it means there's something going on Inside that is not aligned with God's will for our life, hmm. and uh, you know, before the narrow and wide, uh, between the narrow and wide gates, and and this shocking statement where he says, "I never knew you away from me, you evildoers." There's this little passage I called "a tree and its fruit," where it talks hmm. about you know, people who are false in their profession he says, you know, they come to you in sheep's clothing inwardly, but they're ferocious wolves. And uh, By their fruit, you will know them. And then he talks about, do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or, or figs from thistles? And of course, the answer is no. Uh, it says a good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. And every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And I had mentioned in a previous podcast, like, what is fruit? Well, immediately in Scripture, we think of the fruit of the Spirit, mm-hmm. um, you know, Galatians 5, that's the, the, the fruit of our character, that uh, the Holy Spirit, through our alignment with Jesus, we just bear the fruit that he produces. But there's also the fruit of um, conversion. Uh, when, when, when we come into the kingdom of heaven through a profession of faith in Jesus, and we ask right. for produce yes. produce fruit
0: and keeping with repentance.
1: Is yeah, that, that, that's right. But then there's this third fruit, and I think this is the fruit of the Great Commission. Mm. Because in John 15, it says, I've chosen you and appointed you to bear much fruit, fruit that will last. And it's, it's in the whole context of love and uh, laying down your life and, and all the rest of it. But... Um, when we look at the fruit of our life, yes, we're saved through the grace of God, through faith in Jesus Christ. Hopefully through the refining work of the Spirit, the the, the fruit of the Spirit are, are are being uh matured and we're bearing them with more prominence, not in our own strength. We're simply bearing the work of the Spirit. And 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 the acknowledgement that the Spirit is doing something in our life then leads to an understanding that the Holy Spirit wants to lead us to obey the commands of Jesus to make disciples. And um, wh- why do you think, Darren, here, here's another on-the-spot question. Why do you think people have trouble becoming a disciple-maker?
0: Well, I mean, you've got to be a disciple to become a disciple-maker. Yeah. You need an example on how to do that. Yeah. Uh, and, and ba- I mean, disciple-making includes the whole package, you know, reaching people who are lost, bringing them to faith, growing them in maturity, multiplying through them, I, I'm actually this this very week, Tim. I'm actually preparing to speak on the Good Samaritan. Oh, good. Uh, which which I've been you know soaking in, and I'm I'm thinking about introducing the message, saying, "Hey, I, I plan to both bore you and offend you today. I will bore you because this is so familiar; you will think you've heard it all, and I will offend you because, in context, this passage was quite challenging and cutting.
1: Yeah, it was. And
0: and, and what I what I'm looking at where the guy asked the question, you know, who is my neighbor? And at the end of the parable, Jesus says, who was the neighbor to the guy? You know, Good go question. and do likewise. He changes the question. He basically has wrong question. That's right. You no, know, The fellow is trying to narrow the scope. Who's my neighbor? Who do I actually have to love? And Jesus said, be a neighbor. Don't worry about who yeah. your neighbor is. And exactly. so when it comes to disciple making and particularly the evangelistic edge, which I'm spending so much time in these days, Tim, loving people, loving people. Knowing that God loves people and we love them, Christ's love compels us to reach people and to make disciples. And when we're making disciples, we know that we're multiplying the gospel. We're multiplying the potential impact through our lives of reaching more people. And so it comes down to love for people. And, I mean, that's an area you know, we can talk about, you know, the whole, you know, people person non-people person. It doesn't matter. We're called to love people. That's and right. the way we love people is by connecting them with their creator. Exactly. That's
1: about disciple making. Yeah, well, you know, Matthew says, um, let people see your good works and (laughs) glorify your Father in heaven. Those who don't even know him, if you do good things to them, not for the sake of impressing them or scoring points with God, but when you're a, a disciple of Jesus, we talked about the BLESS acronym. Is, is that you serve people you you love them you listen to them and 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 of course you're praying for them uh you know probably a couple months ago in a podcast I talked about how God nudged me to uh, drop a note off at a neighbor's house because there's an ambulance outside of the house and and I've uh, sort of built this relationship mostly through texting uh with the sister of, of the lady uh, grace who who was taken to hospital. Mm. Uh, I got a note from Amy, uh, Amy's from Seattle who's who's living just down the road and uh we keep connected here and there. So so Grace went to be with Jesus just a couple days ago. Oh wow. And uh and she just thanked me again for for just being sent by God to to be a person of support and encouragement. Mm. And and then we shared in faith that one day we will meet together with Grace in heaven. Mm. Like like that that's the so. beautiful story, right? Cuz yes. we're we're walking down this this as it were the narrow road. Uh, of of where we understand what life is all about and the trajectory of it and things like that. Uh, and so the burden on my heart, you know, a few weeks before I preached this, and you have to live the Word before you can <clears throat> really develop it and, mm. and deliver it, as it were, it's that this is something that, that Jesus has commanded us to do, to go and make disciples. Now, you said we don't have examples of how to do this, and, and that's been a burden on my heart. And I guess, in a way that's why you and I are doing this Darren, uh, week by week. we just try to plant some seeds and water some other seeds. Uh, but can I challenge our, our our hearers, our listeners today if you don't have an example, can you make a commitment to become an example for others mm-hmm. that's what I did and that's what I did years ago. I said i'm going to be totally upfront and transparent with people I said I don't know how to do this, even though I've been theologically trained. I just haven't seen it happen in the church. Mm. And so I got together with some guys. We met for a year and we deconstructed what we knew of what Jesus was talking about. And then we agreed after a year to go and replicate and do it with others. And and that's what I've been doing. And it changes your life. But unfortunately, there there's maybe not a lot of people uh, who are going down this path because they're so just busy in the church type of thing. And, hmm. and the yeah, rest yeah. of it. Bill, Bill Hull, uh, we mentioned him before, the disciple-making pastor. Uh, he wrote a book uh, a few years ago uh, conversion and discipleship you can't have one without the without the other and in that book he he talks about you know when we were talking about preaching he says the gospel that you preach will determine the disciple that you make or create and he and he talks about um uh you know forgiveness only uh, be forgiven and and what it creates is follow, following christ is optional uh just cuz you're 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 sort of just trying to get forgiven to go to heaven but following is 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 optional um and then there's the help the needy gospel uh so we accommodate culture and and uh but uh truth is optional and therefore people don't really know cuz it's all just about helping people but there's there's not the guts of this uh, it goes down to just the the kingdom gospel uh, what it creates is activists uh, followers intent on learning to live as Jesus lived. And and that's what uh, Dallas Willard was saying as well. Um, You know, there's a prosperity gospel. There's all types of gospel. If you're not preaching a kingdom gospel, friends, Mm. then then you're not preaching the full gospel in terms of uh, the fact that we have been commanded to become disciple-makers. And following this passage you mentioned, uh, it's, it's through this by... Hearing the Word of God and by putting it into practice, that's how we become like the wise builder who built his house on the rock yeah, oh, yeah. and uh, yeah exactly and and unfortunately there there's you never tell the difference in that in that parable at the end of Matthew seven between the two builders until tragedy happens until the the storm hits, and then we find out the one who had chosen wisely. What foundation to build their life and faith upon, and I, I would like to use that basically as as, a, as an ending point. And you can have the last word, Darren. But, sure. but uh, friends, you you've heard from Scripture, from the Bible, the living Word of God, that that Jesus has commanded you to go and make disciples, hmm. to openly identify, you know, through baptism. That's not a command, but but that's what we do in the in the church. And then we are to obey His teaching. But if we don't put it into practice, we're we're like the foolish man who built his life, his house, on things as sand that will not stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. So this might be a bit of a like a kick in the butt podcast, just because, <laughs> just because it, it's really been gnawing at me. That um, yeah. we can talk about this, and people have been talking about this, but people just turn the channel. Uh, and, and they just get on into the busyness of their lives. So, hmm. I, I pray yeah. by the Spirit that that um, maybe this will be a bit of a holy awakening for some people today, amen. Well,
0: I mean, you've shared your story, Tim, how it was a kick in the butt that got you moving down the path. I'd say that was I've had an extended kick in the butt for, for multiple decades, and <laughs> I want to say for myself, anyway, I know for you, we're still trying to figure this out what does it oh, mean yeah. to follow Jesus? He's calling to be followed. What does it yeah. mean to be a disciple who makes disciples? You know, we're not saying we got all the answers, but I like the image of trajectory. Yeah. We're heading in that direction passionately. And I always land on the Great Commission where, you know, we've mentioned many times, the one who has all authority Yeah, as we move out on mission promises to be with us in all his resurrection power. Amen. So if that's our trajectory, we've got some pretty good backing. He's going to help us figure it out.
1: Amen. Amen to that, brother. So this is the end of this podcast. Uh, my friend Darren Wright, I'm Tim Beadle. Please join us again on disciple making. Have a great day.
0: Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or christfollowerdna.com Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.